Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's sermon. Well, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take, where we sit down with our pastor, Pastor James, and today we are joined by our good friend, Chad McClurg. Hello. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Pastor, how are you? Hey. All right, cool. Good. <laughs> hey, so jumping into some questions, just hearing some thoughts from both of you guys. James, you talked about practically being a preservative. What exactly does that mean? How do we really live that out? Well, we looked at the idea of being salt. Is that's, It was used as a preservative, and so since we're the salt of the earth. And so one of the things that I, I kept thinking about, like in my life, is like we are, the world is, is decaying because of sin, and so our, our just mere presence in life, at home, at work, wherever we are, should, should not, like, continue that, you know? So, like, just practically, like, thinking of, like, we need to be people that are kind. We need to be people that don't hate. We need to be people that don't, like, fuel, like, all of the division and dissension that we see on Facebook or in our world. Like, like we don't need to add to the problem, and so, like, being a preservative is, like, so by our actions, by the way that we talk, the way that we live, should it should be very different. Like, like people should be able to be like, wow, this is, like if anybody's leading the way in what it means to, it shouldn't be like the government or this, you know, uh, group of people. It should be us. You know, we should be leading the way in like what it looks like to be kind to people, to be generous, to to love, to to show grace, forgiveness. Like like we should be leading the way, you know, in that and helping, helping to curb, you know, in our communities and life and jobs and all those things of, you know, what it looks like. Yeah. And you talked about on Sunday, the idea of joy is that we, we as Christians are supposed to be joy and we're supposed to be kind of flavorful to the world. And if you look at the fruits of the spirit, the second one that Paul lists is love, joy, that we're supposed to be that kind of thing. And he even said, you know, we should not be killjoys. Like we shouldn't be people, because if anybody has a reason to be joyful, if anybody has a reason to sing, if anybody has a reason to do these things, it should be us. And so I think we need to take that sense, you know, out of our worship services and like into our daily life and be able to like spread that joy and to have a reminder that every day that we have the truth of the gospel in our, our hearts. And as we go and we share that, that should make a difference to the the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we talked about truth and love. Sunday and how sometimes if we're not careful, we can pick one or the other because we technically can see that Jesus did both. Um, so how do we find that healthy balance between truth and love? Well, this, this may just seem like a real simple answer, but I think uh, by looking at the life of Jesus, looking at what he did and being with Jesus will help us to do this. Because I, I think I told y'all that on Sunday, I didn't even plan on saying it, and then it was like in the moment I just felt the Holy Spirit um, just say that because I think when I mentioned like this idea of like they're going to know us at light by love, I'm sure some people were like, praise God that he is, you know, speaking this idea of love. And there were probably some people that were like, you know, let's get to the truth, let's get to the truth. And then when we got to the truth, it's like, all right, thank goodness you're finally talking about the truth. And so I think we have this tendency to to pick one, you know, of like, hey, what am I going to stand for? Am I going to be someone that just loves people like crazy or am I going to be somebody that stands for truth? And I think we get that, which should should not be – I think the world right now tells us that you can't stand for both. 
that you can't be someone who loves people and yet disagrees with them, you know? And I, I think that's essentially what, what's happening in our world and our culture is that really if you disagree with somebody, that means you hate them and that, that means that you dislike them and that all those kind of things, and that's, that's not truth. That's not, that's not the way that Jesus did it. We see Jesus very clear, like let's say the woman caught in the act of adultery, would you say that he loves her well? Absolutely. But he also says, hey, don't sin anymore. You know, like don't don't continue in these things that, that you've been rescued out of. And so um, I think that's a balance that is hard for all of us because I think it's easy to pick one, you know. Like it's easy just to be like, hey, you know what, I'm just going to love people and I'm not going to worry about truth. You know, like I'm just going to love people like crazy. Or hey, I'm just going to really stand for truth, which means I'm probably going to isolate most everybody in my life and I'm not going to – I don't have to actually like put forth effort to love people, you know. So I think – Picking one is the easy route, and you know we don't want to do what's easy. And I think that's why it's hard for us to see a balance in our own life of are we people that speak truth but also love people like Jesus did, you know? And I think we have to ask ourselves why we, we tend to, to side one way or the other. Well, let's take truth, for example. I think we have to ask ourselves, why is it that I'm so concerned about truth? Like, so I've been thinking about this a lot. So two of the three people in this room – right now are fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. Come on, somebody. I mean, and I like so, them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Two of the three of us were very excited and have ordered Super Bowl merchandise because of this. But you know, I was trying to think about, about sports and, like, you know, when you, what is it that makes you so happy? So whether it's the Chiefs or whether it's LSU or that's whatever, all these people that won, why is it? And part of it is because you're like, I picked the right team. And I won because of that, Mm -hmm. because we are always looking at ways to say, I have picked something better than you. Because really, uh, like James, you, you know, you watch the national championship game, but you didn't do anything to be part of it. But you still celebrate that because you still like you're you are a part of it because you've picked this team. And I think at the end of the day, I think it's the same thing with that. The same idea when we talk about one defend truth at such a intense way is we just want to be right. In a divided culture, in a divided country, we just want to say, well, we're right because we have God on our side. And so it comes across very harsh a lot of times. And so we either tend to side really far that way or we want to go all the way over to like, we just want to love people so much that we don't want to have to have any kind of hard conversations. Um, Because people don't want to, how how do you tell somebody you care about you disagree with them? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, like it, it's. I mean, really, easier route really would be. Hard. And I was even thinking when you were saying that, I think the the idea of like I think there's pride in the idea of being right on the love side too, because I think people are like, hey, the the true way to live is love, you know. And it's like I figured out the way to go, you know. Mm-hmm. And we are to live. I mean, we are to do that. But I, I like what you said that it, it can be on both sides. That really, in a sense, we just want to we want to we want to be on the right side, and we want to be. Um, to think that we, well, this is the way it should be. And so, I don't know, I, I just, I think that's what's, being salt and light should, if anybody should lead the way in this, it should be us. Because right now, I just, I, I see there's this tension in our world that these things don't happen much. You yeah. know, where you see, you see the both, like a church or a person or, you know, for us as Christians, that we are people that love people so well, but yet we also are willing to speak up and stand for what's right. You know? Yeah, and part of it is because it's easier to go extreme. It's easier just to be like, I'm just pure love or I'm just pure truth. But like getting in the middle of that is complicated and it's it's tricky and you have to prayerfully consider it and think through what you say and uh, think about your choices and think about your actions and um, have conversations with people to help you figure it out. And that sounds like a lot of work. 
And we don't always want to want to do that. We just want things to be simple and clear. Um, and the Bible is clear about truth, and it's very clear that we're supposed to love. And so how that actually works out in each individual situation, whether it's a family member or somebody we work with or a neighbor, I think it just takes a little more work and especially prayer. And the truth of Scripture is that we'll be guided by the Holy Spirit to do these things and say these things. Um, but it takes that that extra effort on our part to say, like, I want to I want to get this right. Yeah. And, and I think it's and realizing that, like, as we're empowered by the Spirit to do these things, of realizing, like, hey, I may not get it right all the time, you know what I mean? But, like, continually trying to pursue these things. And uh, when you were saying that, Chad, I, I was thinking of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, because what is he – I mean, basically what he says is t- to to say that you love without the truth is not really love anymore. Yeah. But the reverse is the same thing. To say that I stand for truth without love was well, not really the truth. I mean, because he was like, you're like a silent gong, like – I mean, it's they're both, you know, and to for for be, you know, to say I'm not going to do one is you're really diminishing the other, you know. Mm-hmm. To to truly love someone is to share the truth, you know, and to truly share the truth, it has to be done in a, a spirit and attitude of love and humility, you know. Yeah. So I think the I think the best way to do that is like you've you've got to follow the spirit, Chad. Like you were saying, you've got to follow the spirit's guiding um, because within ourselves we're going to run to one or the other. So yeah, I agree. Um, how do we really evaluate if we're being an influence to the world around us, if we're really living this out? I think it's tricky because you're, you're trying to, one thing that I guess I've just learned is I can't really ever get a good idea of what people perceive from me and what people think of me. Cause I'm always wrong when I ever think like, Oh, this person thinks this of me and this person thinks that of me. And it's just a hard guess. But I think it's always looking at your life and asking the question, it, when I look at the world and society and what I would say, like, okay, this is this is what everything does, is there anything different that I do? If my life looks exactly the same as my non-Christian neighbor, if my life looks exactly the same, if the way I spend my money, if the things my family does, if the way I spend my time, if the way I look at the world, if, if there is no noticeable difference, then something is probably something's probably not correct in that. And so looking at my life and seeing, like, where am I making a choice to say, because of my faith, we're going to do things differently? Because of my faith, we're going to handle things differently. And it can be major things, and it can be you know simple things. Because um, I think we look around, and we all tend to to blend together a lot. And um, one of the things, James, you talked about, you know, the idea of the only way to really get salt to lose its effectiveness is to dilute it. And I think more often than not, we're guilty of having diluted versions of influence. Um, and I think that's the problem, just looking and saying, like, where, where are the times I can see that me, my family, we made a different choice because of this? Yeah, like one of the, the thoughts that I had when I was preaching it, and I, I kind of did on the fly too, but um, is like when I was thinking about like, I, I thought of Kirsten was the first person I thought of, is that she's with me more than anybody, sees me more than anybody. And I was like, does she... Like with her being around me, does it does it lead her more to be more like Jesus? Like when she's around me, does it does she feel influenced by by my life, by what I say, by the way that I care? You know those things. Like and and is that the the is that leading to that? You know. And so like I was just thinking like for all of us, like just the the people, the friends, the people we work with, like is all right. This is a thought that I had. Like is there a walk with Jesus strengthened by me? Like by me being in their life, or is it not? You know, like am I helping them walk more faithfully after Jesus? You know, of course. Then when it comes to like a non-believer, 
you know, that's where it gets, you know, I think there's two things. I think one, some will be drawn to us, you know, by, by doing this. But I think also one of the realities will be is that if we're really living this out is there will be opposition to us, you know, and not opposition because we're jerks or because we're abrasive to people, you know, because some, some Christians can just be abrasive and jerks. And so, like, they're really rejecting your mm-hmm. attitude, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, darkness hates light, you know. Yeah. And so because of that, like, there – like there will be a difference in us, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think that that difference is is the thing that it should lead people to have questions. Like I work with college students at ULM, and I don't know if you guys knew, but there's a certain reputation for what your college years are supposed to be. <laughs> like even uh, within the church, we've kind of accepted this to some degree. Like that's the time to sow your wild oats. It's the time to get out there and enjoy life and do it. Then then come on back once you're done. And it's it's terrible. Don't teach your kids that, but um. I tell my students all the time, when you live differently during your college years, when you're choosing not to be involved in certain things, when you're choosing not to be part of the party culture, when you're choosing not to do those kind of things, and you're choosing to be involved in ministry, and you're choosing to be involved in missions, and you're choosing to sacrifice your time, people are going to look at you and be like, that's weird. But they're going to be like, why would you do that? Like, of this time in your life, why are you choosing to do this? So I always encourage my students to use that as the opportunity so I think that we should be living lives that ask that, that cause people to ask, why? Why are you spending time going to church on a Sunday when you guys could be sleeping in? Why is your family spending time doing this? Why are you going on a mission trip instead of going on a vacation? Why are you not spending money on this, but you're spending money on that? Why would we get together to do this? You're not doing I think if, if we're living lives that people want to ask and genuinely want to know and understand, why are you doing things different than everybody else? I think that shows that you're being salt and light because people are seeing a difference. And if, if people are looking at any of our lives and they don't have any questions, they're like, yeah, you just do what everybody else does, then I think we really need to reevaluate our choices. Yeah, yeah. that's when we're not in, not in a good spot. Or obviously we're not being salt and light. You know, yeah. Yeah. Hide, hide under a bushel? No. I'm going to let, it, let shine. it shine. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of being influencers... Um, the the good people of our church are dying to know. Um, what's your favorite meal in town? I have a lot of I have a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about food. I'm going to say, side note. I think that the best meal in America, when it's at its top level, is the is the box combo from Raising Cane's. Oh, come on! I don't think it can be beat. Hmm. But I will say. Over anything? James loves canes. I do love canes. I do. It's it's just perfect. I gotcha. It's just perfect. But as far as, as far as our local things, I say the best thing I have eaten in 2020 was with our good friend uh, Mark Durham. We went to Portico, and I had the ahi tuna sandwich. And it was it was we both had it that day, and it was cooked so perfect that I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I've had I've had other uh, I've had other things since then. I've even had other ahi tuna dishes, and I've just been like, nah. Like, it, but it was just so perfect that day. So that would be my vote is the the ahi tuna sandwich from Portico. Okay. This is not like I guess super local to us, kind of. But my pick right now that I've been hung up on is Rotolos in Ruston. Yes, you're right. That is not local. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it. But here's why I say it: is it's like a 25 minute drive, and it's worth it. And it's worth it. Yes. Is the crew cheese sticks and their Cookie skillet's awesome too. If we're outside the parish, for sure. Yeah, it is. Their calzones are amazing. <sighs> but James, locally, 
Like I mean, if, that's still pretty local. If if somebody came into Monroe, you can only take them to one place in Monroe, and you're like, you got to get this. We're, we're sticking to the truth of this question. Yeah, yeah. Is Monroe. Monroe. It, it used to be Dax, but Dax has failed me. Wow. And uh, it's just not as consistently good as it used to be. But wow. it, you, I, that's that's the place that I used to always take people to get the fried chicken sandwich dipped yeah. in the sweet red chili sauce um, that I used to always get. But it's really specific. It, yeah, because yeah. I loved it, and yes, it was really good. it's very good. good, yes. But it's not as good anymore. Uh you know, waterfront's always good. Club soda, no ice. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, maybe waterfront. Um, I like walk-ons. Yeah. Well. We need to do better, Monroe. <laughs> I think the salsa special is really good. That's a really good go-to. Where? El Sombrero, the salsa uh, special. Yeah. James, you're a big fan of. Ooh, I'll say this. Uh, Iron Cactus. I wish you could have seen the the joy that just flashed across James's face. There was there was a yeah. giddy childhood expression. So, all right, well, awesome. We'll uh we'll have to go to those places. Are Same. we going there right after this? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, okay. it's, it's it's a little bit of a hike. Okay, might as well just go to Rustin. Might as um, well. <laughs> but guys, I really appreciate you sitting down um, and really answering some somewhat difficult questions. Um, and so, hope you guys have a good day. Thanks, man.